Good evening and welcome to episode six of Your Vegan Life. I am joined tonight by a vegan doctor, Dr. Andrew Little. Thank you for joining me tonight. Pleasure to be here, Harry, as always. <laughs> yes, this is actually the second time that I've had the, the pleasure of your wisdom. Um, <laughs> we did a, an episode last year on um, the Vegan Hour. We certainly did. Yes. We certainly did. Now, your, ve- your vegan life is brought to you by Vegan Frothers, Cruelty Free Clothing, and Cindian Natural Food Products. Now, we're going to get uh, straight into it tonight because tonight is a bit of a coronavirus um, COVID-19 special. Uh, well, actually, let me ask you straight off the bat, what's the better terminology to use? Should we call uh, it coronavirus or should we call it? Coronavirus is the umbrella term. You can call it COVID-19. You can, coronavirus sounds good. Okay. Well, I've, heard, I've heard you describe it as the karma virus. And I, uh, I like that. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm trying to keep it a bit more uh, politically correct here. So <laughs> let's call it the coronavirus. Correct, yes. This is for a wider audience. Um, so, okay, uh, I just want to find out a little bit about yourself. Uh, so, for people that have not uh, heard of you before or have not watched uh, last year's episode with you on it, who is Dr. Andrew Little? What are your credentials? And uh, just give us a little bit of your vegan journey. Right, so um, uh, I grew up in a country town, uh, McLean, the Scottish town, Australia. and. Um, my parents own a small supermarket back there. I, I grew up eating meat and dairy with every single meal. Um, uh, at the time of my life in, um, uh, in in uni, I was drinking six litres of cow's milk a week. I was happy. I'd go through two, three litre bottles a week, no dramas. Um, and I'd have meat with every meal. I, I probably wouldn't have been thought of, of it was a meal unless it had meat in it. Um, and. Uh, I met my wife when I was about 29 and I just started medical school. Uh, we went on a date and um, sat down at a Chinese restaurant in, in Brisbane, I'm pretty sure it was Chinese, and she ordered a, a tofu stir fry and I ordered a chicken stir fry. And um, I said to her, you're a vegetarian. Um, and she said, like it was some sort of alien type thing, but um, I, uh, I said, she said, yeah, I am actually, I'm actually a vegan, I don't eat any animal products. I was like, oh, okay. And I said, I said, you know, uh, why is that? Um, and uh, she said, well, for animal cruelty, sustainability, and, and a few other reasons, obviously. Um, and I said, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I said, I, I didn't really want to know about it. I said, it put me off meat forever. And she turned to me and said, very, very politely, um, she said, well, that's probably one of the most ignorant things I've ever heard. <laughs> and, um, and I, instead of instead of getting angry, um, like a lot of people do, like people, uh, food is a religion for a lot of people. It's a it's a culture. It's ingrained in our blood. Um, and people get very upset when we talk about food and try and take away certain foods from them. Um, I, instead of getting angry, I said, "Yeah, you're right. But, um, what what have you seen that I have? And um, what makes you go what made you go vegetarian?" And she said, uh, "Watch a couple of doc- documentaries." So I watched. Um, uh, Earthlings, I watched Cowspiracy, um, Walks Over Knives and a, and a few other ones, a few staples that uh, I guess a lot of people who follow up plant-based diet have seen. And I realised pretty quickly um, that there are a number of reasons to go uh, turn to a, be- a vegan diet. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I really, once I studied the impact on 
um, human health, on, on the health of the animals and on the health of the planet, I was left with really no other rational choice other than to just start eating a, a plant-based diet. I went, I went vegetarian um, pretty quickly. And um, I kind of deep down, I always knew um, that dairy had its issues. And, and I look back now, I've been um, vegan for over, probably over three and a half years. And I look back now and I can see why um, I'm really glad I, I ditched dairy too because um, it's inherent, it's incredibly cruel uh, and something I didn't even think about. So I became a, 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 big, a, a full-grown doctor, not a full-grown doctor, just a junior doctor um, I, in 2014. Um, and I am now sort of six years into my career and uh, I just sat my final exams in anesthetics. Um, uh, I'm a registrar, so I'm one of what we call an advanced trainee. Um, and um, now my exams are all completely on hold because of the coronavirus. So, um, yeah, that's that's my story, I guess. And, and, and what a good story it is because um, I, I remember something you said last year that uh, do what you know until you know better and then when you know better, do it. Is it I've probably paraphrase it not quite yeah, as eloquently yeah, I, I live by this saying do the best you can until you know better and then when you know better do better and um and i think that was the uh the thing that sort of kept me going i kept educating myself and the more I, i'd come home from uni and, and sort of uh you know, instead of studying uni i would be reading about um, plant-based diets and sustainability and things like that and I realized that I had this you know, huge passion for the environment and I kind of realized that it was, it was so conflicting I was I was choosing things in my daily life that were just destroying the planet um, and I considered myself this environmentalist and I, you know I realized pretty quickly and a lot of people will probably get upset when they hear this but you, I, I really genuinely believe you can't be an environmentalist and still continue to eat meat and dairy it's um you know it's it's horrendous for the planet um but you know i always encourage people to start reducing i think that's the natural um, progression to do it and and just keep educating yourself and um you know a couple of other quotes i live by was my wife said to me you know we must not refuse to endure with our eyes what the animals have to endure with their bodies if it's, it's hard enough for us to watch well and just imagine how hard it is for them to go through what they go through and um I think if you just look at ethics alone, um, I never used to think about it, and it wasn't the primary reason I went I went vegan to start with. But if you just look at ethics alone, I think that's a big enough argument to to really stop what we're doing to these poor animals. So yeah, here here I am. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm you know, three six years not eating meat, and and three years three and a half years not eating meat or dairy, and uh, still not protein deficient still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get on to talking about the coronavirus, but I just want to ask you one last question. And and how much better do you feel for having made that change with your health and, and with your life in general? Mate, um, I I can't tell you how good I feel. <laughs> I, 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 I literally, I feel so good every day. I feel so much energy. And I think, I think one of the best things that, I'm always, I'm a very glass half full kind of person, but I think one of the best things is every day I get to I get to live by my morals and, and I know that all the all the choices I'm making, um, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's going to benefit 
the world. It's going to benefit the animals. It's going to benefit yeah. itself. Um, you know, and I I ran a hundred k race. Um, you know, about, I don't know ten months ago, and we we raised um, three hundred five thousand dollars for melanoma. And um, mate, I was running amazingly quick. I, I started off the the training with a um, surgery on my leg, so I had a massive um, gash on my leg that needed to be um, stitched up from a surfboard injury. Um, and I was hobbling around. I was the slowest runner on the in the team of twelve, and then by the end of it, I was the fastest runner on the team. And uh, there was one guy who was faster than me. And he, he'd done a, he'd done a lot of sort of professional running, so you know, I was never going to catch him. But mate, I was I, I've never felt better. I felt great yes, um, yes. And mentally, physically. I've got all the energy in the world, and uh, my brain still functions for mine. I can still give anesthetics at work. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, and uh, we've got a comment there from David. Uh, good evening, uh, David. Uh, he's saying good evening to to both of us. Uh, thank you for watching. Um, and, and finally, before we get on to the coronavirus, um, I, I want to congratulate you on having a vegan family because not only is your wife vegan, but you've you're bringing or you have brought, I should say, uh, you have brung a vegan child into the world. Doesn't that sound intelligent? Yeah, yeah, brung, brung, the, brung the child in the world. We've, uh, actually, Harry, I don't know if you know, we've got another one on the way too. Um, I didn't know. So, uh, yeah, our second little bundle of plant protein is now on the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, 20 weeks in. Um, he's got a bit of a, a big belly, uh, too much too much plant protein. But um, we've got a little boy coming. Um, and... Um, yeah, my wife has been vegan since she was 18 and uh, she had a vegan pregnancy, she was fine, she didn't miss any nutrients, she just did the same thing as I do. Um, and Harry, our little guy, same name, named him after you, mate. I know, um, I, I was I was so yeah. impressed when I, <laughs> when I found that yeah. out. <laughs> he's, a, he's a Harrison, um, so, but you get Harry or H, um, but yeah, mate, I've I'm blown away by that little guy. Um, I was always a little bit concerned at the start because there's a lot of unknowns for me, especially growing up on meat and dairy. But um, mate, uh, you know, I he's just he's grows from strength to strength, and um, his mind it just blows me away. He's a very special little guy. So um, I look, and I'm I, looking forward to meeting the next one. I look forward to interviewing him soon on your vegan life. But in the meantime, tonight. <laughs> Tonight's main topic is the coronavirus, and I want to throw some questions at you, and I want to uh, benefit from your expertise. So let's start off. I want to find out the coronavirus is an infectious disease. I want to find out where infectious diseases come from. So, um, uh, like we, we spoke about, Harry, I just say to, to everyone, obviously, um, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, this is my own personal it's not my opinion, it's it's from scientific consensus, um, but I'm not representing the, the medical profession or anyone else, I'm, I'm representing me. Um, and I speak for myself and, and my own personal beliefs and my beliefs are based on science. Um, I'm based, a lot of my beliefs on, on scientific data and that's what I've sort of, you know, my whole job revolves around that. But I don't speak for Gold Coast Hospital, I don't speak for Queensland Health, I don't speak for anyone, I speak for me. Um, but yeah, I think the, here's the, the, um, million dollar question. Where did the coronavirus come from? Where did the, where do infectious diseases come from? I think 
Now, I've heard all the I've heard all the um, the speculation about where this coronavirus has come from. I'm not sort of ignorant to all the uh, I guess the conspiracies, and and I I enjoy a, a good conspiracy as, as much as the next person. I think I think if uh, from you know most plant based people uh, will question everything, uh, and I think that's natural to do because I feel like in my life when I started transitioning to a plant based diet. Uh, had the rug swept out from under my feet a number of times, and that that can sort of lead to a very distrusting sort of uh, mentality. And um, let me just ask really you, that, what exactly do you mean when you say that? I mean, in what what examples of the rug? Well, like you, you, I'm told every uh, you know you need calcium from cow's milk. Right. You need to drink cow's milk, and um, you know you need to um, you get you only get your protein from meat, and you know they're told all this sort of stuff, and you know, the amount of garbage that's out there that, you know, a plant-based diet leads to more animal deaths than, than a, a meat diet and, and all this garbage that you have to sift through and, you know, that you can't sustain life on a plant-based diet. And and I just so it just makes me really question everything, um, you know, and what we're taught, we're, we're taught to believe this at a very young age. Uh, the meat livestock industry, they infiltrate, uh, you know, schools at a very young age. They, I saw a... One of my friends went to a, uh, who's a, she follows a plant-based diet. She went to a, um, a weaning, a weaning of breast milk um, course the other day, and was sponsored by the Meat Livestock Association of Australia. I'm like, so oh, they everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I, it's something I didn't really think about, and I guess to, if if you know, ten the ten year ago Andrew, um, you know, mm. and, the, and the now Andrew, completely different. And if I if the now Andrew was talking to the 10 year ago Andrew saying all these sort of, you know, things about the livestock, you would probably sitting there going, oh mate, that's just a massive conspiracy. So, you know, it's, it, to me, I just, it makes it makes perfect sense now, a lot of these things. But, you know, the coronavirus, obviously, there's a lot of conspiracies and I'm sure we can touch on them. But here's the, here's the bottom line. And, and the bottom line is that the CDC, the Centre for Disease Control and, and the United Nations Environmental Program say irrefutably that three out of every four of these viruses and these infectious diseases, um, these zoonotic diseases, or these, these diseases come from animals um, uh, and occur through zoonosis, so transmission from animals to humans. And I, we, are, we have, I don't believe this is a conspiracy. We have been running, we have been running, like, you know, the fact that they think that this is a manufactured disease, well, we don't have to manufacture this disease. We are we are running the perfect experiment right now, right under our very noses, every day where we just stack hundreds of thousands of animals into tiny little cages, hundreds of thousands of chickens all lined up beside each other, and you know, humans going in and, and and taking eggs or you know and um, you know preparing the, the chickens or preparing the meat. We are just. We are playing with fire and I've talked about this so many times. I've talked about animal agriculture being the, you know, the, the number one uh, cause of antibiotic resistance and, mm. um, you know, we're just pumping stacks of antibiotics into these guys, into these animals. And we and we go around in, in injecting um, them with vaccines to try and reduce spread and we have to study all the diseases because we're creating them. There's, there's research labs around the world that study this stuff. Um, yeah, and, and there's a possibility one of the viruses could have got out from one of these research labs. I don't know, but it's a common saying. If, if you hear hooves outside your window, it's not going to be a zebra in Australia. It's going to be a horse. And, and what I mean by that is 
Like if you just think about what the most likely cause of this is, it's mm. been right under our nose for a very long time. Mm. And and you know, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it wasn't caused, it wasn't manufactured by China. There's a lot of data and a lot of scientists out there who studied this virus and have written papers that I have read that show that this is, you know, and they talk about the, the yeah, molecular structure of the virus that they've studied and show that it's not genetically engineered. And there's some very smart people out there whose mm. whole job is to do that. So, mm. you know, it, it's, I, I, I tend to trust them and I tend to believe them because they're, they're experts. In but like I said, I also trust the other major scientific organisations like the United Nations and, and CDC who state that these quite often come from uh, animals and it's been happening throughout our history for uh, you know right from back to the spanish flu all the way through you know measles measles is thought to originate from cattle um you know, mm. spanish flu originate from cattle um, mm. from livestock um you know the swine flu certainly originated from bird flu came from, from chicken so yeah or, or whatever but it's you know, wherever it came from there's always going to be speculation but I think the, the, the answer is pretty obvious to me. What would you say to uh, people that um, would say to you, oh, oh yes, but you know, the science, there's a lot of science on it and all the rest, but there's a lot of science against it. And there's, um, you know, there's a, a whole hidden agenda by the governments and, and all the rest to, you know, to control us or it's whatever the, you know, whatever today's most popular conspiracy is I do because I want to ask you that because when you mention science I know sometimes people will say oh yeah but there's there's a lot of scientists now saying oh it's it's not looking like it really came from animals any feedback on that yeah I think like I said it's, it's natural to question things and um, and I applaud anyone who just doesn't take things you know as, as gospel I, I just I, like I said, when I was younger, I just assumed you needed calcium from cow's milk. That's where you get it from. And uh, if cows have so much calcium, they only eat grass. And where the hell do they get it from? You know? <laughs> yes. So it, it, it's natural to question, but like I th like so many conspiracies, and they just they keep coming, and all these conspiracies keep coming. But there is always a perfect, perfectly logical, rational argument and explanation for why these things come. And, a lot of these conspiracies have been debunked and, and people love conspiracies and I'm not going to change, I'm not, tonight on the broadcast, like I'm not going to change anyone's opinion on, on the conspiracies. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who are listening who are very interested in it, um, who are very interested in where I think it comes from, but and, and they're the people that I would like to talk to, you know, I just, there's a lot of people who, um, will, no matter what, no matter what gets put in front of them, their mind's made up. And that's it. And it's the same with it's the same with choosing a, a, a you know you see people who just eat a predominantly meat based diet, their minds made up. It doesn't matter what I yeah, say. it's uh, true. Whatever it is, they're they're just set in concrete, and and that's it. And um, you know, religion's the same. You, uh, yeah. you know, people, yeah, you know, same thing. They, their minds made up. You know, I, I'm not religious, but that, I don't I don't judge anyone who is religious, but. In the day, I'm not going to be able to change them and convince them. Um, there's definitely there's definitely a whole psychological uh, reasoning behind why you know people have to hang on to uh, thoughts and and um, you know really uh, vigorously defend them. But uh, I don't think we've got mm -hmm. enough time to go down that road tonight. Mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of, a lot of psychology involved in that. Yes. So I'll wait till I'm, I'm, I, I have a professional psychologist with me to, uh, to go to explore that that area but um i do find i i do wonder i'll put it this way i do wonder with with the people that want to throw up ideas that it didn't come from animals i just wonder how many of them are actually not vegan or how many of them are vegan in other words i've said this before on uh, on a different live stream i did that um if you're not vegan you're not going to be looking for the animal connection you're going to be looking elsewhere and you're going to come up with with crazy ideas you're not going to look at the effect of animals because you're, you're just not in that mindset so i do tend to think that if you're not vegan you're going to you're going to come up and say oh no, no such and such government created it or you know all these other particular reasons but with, without a doubt harry and you know you see it all the time um yeah people and like i was i was incredibly guilty of it i I had my eyes closed. I said to Sarah on my first date, my wife, I didn't want to know about it. Um, mm. You know, and and this is the thing we, we don't want to know about it because if if we you know, and the hardest part about it is if if, yeah, if you accept that you know, animal agriculture is the number one cause of infectious disease spread, um, zoonotic diseases, it's the number one cause of deforestation, species extinction, so leading cause of climate change, it's the number one cause of um, I, I think I said deforestation, but greenhouse mm. gas emission, fresh water consumption. You know, if you have to acknowledge all that, then you have to, and, and you know that meat is the number one cause of all that, then you have to acknowledge that you are contributing to that. And, and that's, yeah. I'm not pointing the finger at anyone, but that's yeah. what I had to acknowledge myself. And it's and it's hard because it's something, it's a meat, is, meat and dairy is a culture that's ingrained in our, our blood for so long. And, and I, th I think for a lot of people, you know, it's about just trying to, um, you know, just sort of start them on that journey. I, I really, mm -hmm. I truly believe, you know, going from a veg, you know, whether you go veggie or, or vegan or whatever, some people can do it straight overnight. It's amazing. My wife did that overnight, like um, she's unreal. But I believe it's a bit of a journey. You kind of, you just got to keep educating yourself, keep moving forward, and and just have an open mind. This is the thing. We, you know, the same science that telling us. You know, the same science that's allowing us to communicate now, tonight, and broadcast to uh, Facebook, it's the same science that allows us to get on a plane and fly around the world. It's the same science I use in my anaesthetic practice every day that, you know, helps people's, we can, we can actually save lives, in, in, you know, in the, medical, in the medical system. And it's the same science that is telling us that these, these diseases, which predominantly come from animal agriculture and... Mm. You know, it's it's you can't just you can't pick and choose the science you want to believe in. You, you either trust science or you don't. Now, people are very happy to to believe in science when it benefits them, but when it mm. goes against what they believe, they they're very resistant to it. And mm. you know, I believe you got to you got to have an open mind. You got to you know, and you apply the same rules of logic and reasoning to every bit of data that's presented to you. And and the 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 signs are there. The signs have been. This is not a surprise. There have been scientists that have predicted this disease for a very long time and, and suggested we prepare for it. We have, you know, have we have in Australia we have prepared for it. We have, um, you know, reserves of, of PPE. I don't know how much we have things, but we definitely, definitely um, uh, prepared. We've, we've prepared for it, so we know we knew it was coming. Mm. Um, we knew what was coming? I've, I've actually read uh, just recently that um, I mean. 
they they knew it was coming in China in relation to the wet markets. They've they've had uh, um, minor versions of this pandemic occur in in recent past. Uh, I can't think of the exact examples, but I was reading it in the last week where um, there has been other outbreaks, and you know there's been warnings that that something major would happen if they continued down this path of having animals uh, slaughtered in these uh, open markets with um, all the diseases that, that are is involved and and I was reading some graphic descriptions of you know what is involved and I was thinking my god it's as, as you were saying earlier you know we have created the conditions for this situation to occur by by just what they're doing in a in their daily life that they consider normal in in some countries mate we are running the world's biggest experiment um and it is just an experiment of putting all these germs side by side and and how much co2 can we pump into our atmosphere yeah. before we can't breathe and yeah. how many trees can we knock down before the, the oxygen starts to run out and if you look at one of the latest posts from the United Nations Environmental Program, they put up five reasons for these zoonotic diseases. Um, I've got to try and remember them, but it's deforestation, animal yeah. agriculture, number one cause. Climate change, animal agriculture, one of the leading causes. Um, they actually put livestock and animal agriculture as the third cause, and, and the fourth one uh, was antibiotic resistance, which is, again, the leading cause is antibiotic. And then the fifth one was um, obviously these exotic animals. So four out of five reasons for these people point the finger at China and they say well you know the wet markets um, sure this disease might might have come out of China uh, but the next one mm. it could very easily come out of um, Australia it could mm. because it happens all the time um, mm. um, Jacob disease all these diseases they, they're all transmitted um, from from eating meat and if you think about it we're knocking down all the trees we're just clearing land like at a rate of like football fields a minute or something from the that's from the World Wildlife Fund. And, you know, th then bats have to go and live closer to other colonies and all these animals have to actually they're forced into these smaller areas. So it's not just the animals in captivity, it's also the wild animals that are they've got less habitat to, to live around. So they are closer as well and, and we just knock it down their homes, uh, just because of our taste buds. There's a couple of uh, comments there. Uh, Bella says, oh, hi, Andrew. I didn't know you were a doctor. We'll have to hit you up. And, and Emma <laughs> says, preach. I love it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> uh, I'll keep preaching. And uh, I, I think I'm still, I'm pretty sure I'm a doctor. Yeah, I'll try my best. <laughs> I, I hope you are. A vegan doctor, that's what That's what we need more of. Yeah. Um, just just uh, on that, that um, topic of the of the experiment that we're running in the world um the, this great experiment that are throwing co2 around and and you know animal agriculture industry and so forth um what is your opinion as to why we are living our lives that way why are we creating this this disastrous experiment that's been going on for you know almost forever yeah, so I think it's pretty multifactorial. Um, again, this is this is my opinion, but um, capitalism is a is is a huge cause of our problems. Trying to 
you know, we are just, we, the profit motive is driving so much of this and, and yeah. we just we ravage the planet just all for money. Um, I, I, I can hold my hand on my heart and say I think capitalism definitely served its purpose. You know, it, it certainly got us to where we are today and, um, you know, the development of things. And was it a good thing that we developed all this? Well, nature would suggest no. But, you know, from a lifestyle perspective, you know, we're living pretty long now and, um, and, and all that sort of stuff. We've got access to some amazing things and, and we've done some amazing things as humans. But... We need to evolve to the next step. You know, we, the, you know, the, the survival of a human, of, of, a, of a species, is dependent on how well they can look into the future. And we, we don't have a crystal ball, but we have a pretty good idea of where we're headed. And, and you know, we've been looking at our destiny for a very long time, and we've just gone through some of the, our country literally burnt to the ground, and animals just suffered, and humans suffered, and. Then we followed that by some crazy floods, and now we're being ravaged by uh, this disease that's spreading. And mate, if I was, you know, like this sounds incredibly corny, but you know, as a, I've been a doctor, I, I look at people and go, "Oh, there's the signs and symptoms of disease." Well, have a look at the earth; it's just screaming out at us. If I was, if the earth was a patient, you'd be looking at it going, "Bloody hell, it's, it's infested with all sorts of things," and we're just. We just we've been living out of harmony with nature for a very long a long time, and and this coronavirus has really shown how fragile our system is because we just we've collapsed. We've essentially just gone complete collapse, and, and people are going out of business. It shows you how fragile capitalism is. Yes. And yeah, and and you know it's it's some warning signs that we've been been living on deadly ground for so long. Like there are so many documentaries out there with people who are microbiologists and, and infectious disease guys who are out there, they all know it, that animal agriculture is number one cause of this, these, uh, of antibiotic resistance and microbial spread, and, and yet no one is speaking out about it, and that's why I'm here tonight, Harry, because, you know, like, I'm not here to point the finger at anyone, I just want to promote awareness, and as I always say, I'm not asking you to think like me, I'm just asking you to think, and if people just think about it, it it's just there's a lot of things that make sense in my life and and producing meat and dairy really makes sense yes of course of course um there's a comment there from susie uh don't forget to mention about 5g that's being installed whilst we are all in lockdown i i don't want to give that too much airtime because we could go on for hours about that but susie i do want to say yeah. that i have actually posted on my page uh in the last day or two numerous articles or a few articles that actually show the opposite of that is is what's happening that in fact it has been delayed in europe the uk um the us uh it has been delayed during lockdown so if you just do a, a google search or if you look on my page go back to the last day or two you'll see that um so carrying on from there um how long might this last with the coronavirus well, yeah, it's it's a million dollar question again. Um, I, like, I'm I'm not an infectious disease specialist, um, so that's a there's another disclaimer. Um, I don't, <laughs> why, why the hell did I get you on then? All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the end of the, the broadcast. Um, yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm sort of going off what what um, the experts are saying, and, and we get we get daily updates. Um, uh, the hospital and, and there's a lot of really intelligent people who are leading the way out there and it's it's just pretty it's pretty amazing to see 
Um, and I think we're, we're, we're definitely, um, we're definitely sort of, you know, starting to I kind of, I lost my train of thought then. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> that there is many, intelligent, many intelligent people at the, at the hospital. <laughs> and, and yeah, the, um, well, the question was, I can't remember. well, the question is how long could this last basically? Well, oh, yeah. So look, at the end of the day, um, we are sort of obviously predicting it to be a few months and it could be six months, it could be, it could be, we don't know how long. At the end of the day, the numbers are starting to reduce and and that's the, the main thing. Um, we're not really seeing, at, at the moment on the Gold Coast, we're not really seeing the, the numbers come in. We're very prepared for it um, and we're all sort of, um, and you know, it's, everyone's a uh, sort of sitting around waiting for, for anything we're, we're definitely prepared but you know who knows how long it's going to go for I, I don't know that's something I just I, I just don't have a crystal ball on and um, at the end of the day it's going to go long enough for us to really feel full brunt of it so it's good to hear that you're prepared um, that you've got obviously the equipment and the facilities to to handle uh, something on a on a larger scale if it if it if it does happen Oh mate, we we've done. You know, it's it's been really amazing to see some of the the, the leadership taken at the hospital. With um, I, I can speak on behalf of the anaesthetic department. You know, a lot of my, my bosses have really stepped up and um, and really sort of. You know, we're starting to do sims. We do sims all the time, um, and we get very prepared. But obviously, you know, we get obviously the nurses involved in that, the surgeons yep. involved in that. We could. You know, and we've got you know we've got we've got all the facilities there, um, and you know we we certainly have had a lot of a lot of changes to the hospital system just to to get ramped up for this, and so you know it's 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 been a really really sort of um, you know it's been it's been good to be part of that team. That's great. There's a couple of comments here from David Thomas who says, I believe this is a warning shot. There will be a huge one coming very soon. And that's quite possible that I, I mm. hope that we see signs of people making the connection here that um, and going vegan, you know, because that, that is the way to solve the problem. Uh, just, you know, cutting to the, the, the chase there. Um, David also says, get your um, garden of vegan meals into your fellas. <laughs> that day, mate, was it? It's uh, it's uh, David Thomas, so uh, yeah. Oh, David, right, right. I thought you said it's Damo. I, was, I just actually had a had a golf meal tonight. I had the pad thai, so there you go. Oh, damn it! I haven't had one of their meals for a while. Uh, Garden of Vegan, if you're watching, Damien or or anyone else, um, uh, just uh, deliver some to me, will you? Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, I've got another question for you. How contagious is it? Yeah, so um, that's the sort of stuff that um, I wasn't super familiar with to start with, but um, obviously we, um, you know, you, you start to take a bit of an interest in it when it happens. So we measure that by the R naught value, um, and essentially the R naught value, sort of, I guess, you know, there's a lot of lot of stuff going around about oh, it's no worse than the flu, and the flu is fine, and. I think we're, you know, I've, I've never seen the flu cripple a healthcare system the way COVID has, um, you know, and, and I think we've now surpassed CDC state that the, the, the amount of people that died from the flu in, in the time COVID's been around is, is anywhere from like 20 to, to 60,000 and we're now well over 64. I looked last night, I don't imagine the numbers up even more now, but 
you know, the other thing you do, you got to keep in mind is those numbers are uh, sort of the, the stats and when everyone's been in lockdown. So if we didn't lock down China, um, then you know, 64,000 people in China could have died in probably one day. I don't know. It's, it's insane. So, Actually, that's a really interesting point. I just want to uh, get you on that point there. That we're comparing because yeah. a lot of there's been a lot of comparison about uh, the COVID nineteen in relation to the flu, and the difference yeah. between the two. You've just brought up a point there that I actually haven't seen or heard, uh, but it makes so much sense. Which is we're comparing a flu in an open market, so to speak, or in an open world versus coronavirus in a in a lockdown situation, and in a lockdown exactly, situation. Man coronavirus is having devastating effect and spread versus the flu yeah. in a in a, a normal uh normal in in quotation marks in a normal world so really good point there Mate, 100%. yeah we don't have to lock down the country for the flu and and we're still got and we've locked down we've locked down the whole world and we've still got more deaths than the flu so you know, and you, you can't you can't compare them. So we, we look at the R naught value, and, and we say that an R naught value of one means that if one person gets the the illness, then they'll spread it to on average one other person. Um, and so last time I looked, COVID was a was an R naught value of, of two to three, um, and the flu was was less than that. So it's more contagious, and it's definitely got it's got a higher mortality rate, and, and people come and speculate all the time and people say to me all the time well oh you know i think the mortality rate's this i don't think that's the true man it's like well I, like i'm not who am i going to trust am i going to trust these guys these scientists who study this their whole life or am i going to trust you you know I, i'm not going to trust i'm not going to listen to somebody's opinion mm. what i am doing do i trust the scientists who who say it and it's and it's 10 times it's 10 times mortality rate than the flu so Mm-hmm. And and we're seeing, you know, we're seeing nations be completely crippled by it. And I've never seen, I've never seen the flu completely overwhelm the capacity of a first world healthcare system. And you know, mm-hmm. New York has a first world, and Italy, Spain, they're all first world countries with, you know, um, and and they're just being crippled by it. So mm-hmm. even as you said previously, even in lockdown, they're still being crippled by it. Exactly, and and then the other thing is, people will always say, "Well, you know, um, more people die from heart disease, so why are we worried about this?" Well, I'm not scared of catching heart disease from people. I can't catch heart disease. Like, I can't catch like you know, more people die from diabetes or stroke. But you know, if I see a patient in the hospital who's got diabetes, I'm not worried about catching it. So, um, this is why you can't, you can't compare um, these diseases. And to say that, I just think yeah. you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding there, and it's. This is the reason this is, you know, crippled the world is because it's it's highly contagious and it has potential to kill a lot of people. Sure, you know, there's a majority of these people dying are uh, the elderly, but Spanish flu wasn't the case. Spanish flu, the, the number, the, the people who died were the 18 to 25 year olds. So yes, you know, and and whoever said, it, whoever said it before that the next one could be absolutely disastrous. Um, you know, we could be. Oh, and I've, I've said this, I think I look at COVID right now and, it, it, you know, I'm, it doesn't really scare me that much going to work. And I, like I've, I've been involved in, in, a, in a COVID case, so it was suspected. And I was like, okay, you know, we'll go and do what we're trained to do. But, mate, if it, was, if it had a mortality rate of 50% or something like that and it was bad, I would be, I would be scared. And mm-hmm. I can tell you right now a lot of people would be. And that's, that's what scares me is because it's not... It's not when, if the next one comes, it's when the next one comes. Mm. Keep doing what we're doing. 
we're in for some trouble and, and we just I really hope we learn from this Harry I really hope we do um, history would say we won't but I, I don't know I just hope I hope something changes because I'm, I'm trying desperately to spread the message and um, I don't know a lot of, there are a lot of people who are listening it's great and it, and it fills me with a bit of hope but um, yeah there's a lot of people who don't yeah, I wanted to actually um, ask you, as, as we sort of look at maybe starting to wind up, um, ask you about how seriously people are taking it. Um, here, in, uh, some of the press that I'm, I'm seeing here in Australia, um, you know, showing photos of um, a lot of people down the beach that are basically just taking the self-isolation concept into, oh, this means we can do anything we like. So, you know, we just, we continue, like, we've got a, unpaid holiday sort of thing you know so there's uh, so they're now closing off the beaches and um you know I, I just noticed that there is many examples coming up um of people that just don't seem to be getting it yeah yeah and look i think uh, i think that's fair you know i um um i'm a massive fan of um of kite surfing i think <laughs> from a social isolation perspective i I sort of, uh, I, I'm out in the ocean and, and there's no one for, you know, it's bloody kilometres, so it's quite nice out there, but I'm happy, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we kind of need to um, clamp down on that and um, and I think the government are right there, like that, oh, when I, was, I sort of saw that, I, I lived beside the beach and I saw it on the weekend, a lot of people there, but yeah, a lot of people aren't keeping their distance and, and I can see that, and um, which, which is good, and I think a lot of people, I think in numbers, in Australia, really reflect that. I feel like people are taking it like seriously. Um, but I, you know, if you look at New Zealand, I was speaking to a friend in New Zealand uh, last night, and he was just saying that they're literally just homebound and they're not allowed to go out for anything. So New Zealand are really hitting hitting it on the head. And uh, I, you know, I think that that's probably I don't know, but I'm happy to be guided by. What the what the the health professionals are saying? They're the ones who know. So you know, I think it's the right decision. Yes, yeah. Let's let's hope. Let's go back to what you were saying a couple of minutes ago. That let's hope that it does get through to people that um, that this is a warning shot. They need to make changes. Um, let's not say they. We collectively. We exactly. Yeah, and, and, and there's so much we can do just by purely shopping at Woolies. You know, there's so much. And that's what I was saying at the very start of this, this this podcast. I was saying I feel so good that every day I make choices that benefit the planet. And this is the thing: you, you start, you stop focusing on what you're missing out on. You stop focusing, you know, like I used to sit there and think, "Oh God, you know, I don't get to eat a big steak anymore and things like that." But you know, I, I don't really miss it anymore because I feel so good when I eat everything else, and I. I, I feel I feel quite I feel very happy and I feel incredibly justified that I live by my morals. It's a really fulfilling lifestyle. So I'd encourage anyone to just to just think about it and start reducing the amount of meat and dairy to start with, and, and see how you go. Keep educating yourself. Keep moving forward. Thank you for those those beautiful words and a, and a great uh, I think a great sentiment to go out on. And I, I want to uh, thank you so much, Andrew, for um, for just um, enlightening us uh, a bit about the coronavirus and, and what it's like sort of being uh, more closely involved with it. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure, Harry. I think uh, I didn't enlighten you at all. I think you and I are sort of on the, on the same wavelength uh, <laughs> for a lot of things. So, uh, but, and, you know, it's just, I, I think it's just nice to talk about and, 
you know, as I always said, if I if I didn't use my credentials to try and help benefit this planet, then I, I wouldn't I wouldn't die happy. You know, I think mm. I think the, the warning signs are here, and, and you know, the signs and symptoms symptoms of a ravaged planet are just incredibly prevalent, and and we need to start doing something about it. Yeah, well said, and. Uh... Yes, uh, if people are watching this now on the live stream or later on YouTube or on po podcast, um, then please take seriously what Andrew has said because, um, yeah, we can't continue on the way that we have been living our life selfishly, uh, trying to live limitless on a limited, in a limited environment. <laughs> Something has to give and, and things have been giving. Uh, Andrew, uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you, is you have Instagram? Is that right? Oh, I did, Harry. I, oh, I, okay. I, I went off Instagram and I went off Facebook for about eight months, and then I, I sort of started to get really tired of um, the crap that was out there. So I I went on um, to Instagram. Um, so I've got my own Instagram profile. I just titled it Plant Based Doctor. <laughs> it's uh, pretty original. I just think um, people might have some inquiries. Are they? Is it okay for them to contact you there? Hundred percent. I I love engaging with uh, the people that that follow me. Um, I really I feel like I've built this really nice community, um, and people reach out to me all the time. It's 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 funny. My Instagram page is quite therapeutic for me because um, I can get things off my chest, <laughs> um, but I also. It is. It's, I tell my wife, I was like, God, oh, it's like a, it's like a therapy session for me. I can sit down and talk about things. But um, but it's just nice being sort of when people genuinely want to just ask my thoughts. I have people who say to me, you know, hey, uh, I'm a vegetarian, and, and but what are your thoughts on you know organic yogurt and stuff like that? And and I'm they're genuinely interested. And I I'm, I don't point the finger. I just say this is what I think, and this is why I uh, this is why I don't eat it. And and you know they're they're just some there's some really beautiful people on my page and um, I'm very lucky um, and I enjoy it so I'll keep doing it as long as people keep listening so feel free to come and uh, I will share tag along. I will share a link to your page because there is a lot of good information in there too you do you have your your, your videos and your and you know you sort of yeah it's uh, you talk some sense on there way more than I do so I, I love try, it I try, apply, I try and apply common sense to, to every aspect of my life. And I, I just don't think too far into things. I just think you know, common things happen commonly. It's a very, it's a common statement. Um, but <laughs> I just try and like common sense. Um, and I also, I try and put up photos of Harry because he's far more appealing than I am. Yeah, the um, other Harry. Yeah, common sense. You're quite appealing too. Mate, so. <laughs> Thank you. And you're a beautiful soul yourself. But uh, <laughs> common common sense is not as common as it should be. But uh, just yeah. before we, just before we go out, a couple of comments came up then. So, um, yeah. uh, David said, uh, "You are what you eat." No one is talking about prevention. Well, government and media, anyhow, just leave animals alone. Our way of life has changed. Really upsetting. Michelle says, papaya bowls are the best. Oh, yeah. Um, Susie says, thanks so much, guys. David said, thank you so much. Harry and Andrew, two awesome guys. Totally respect the both of you. Thank you, David. That's a beautiful thing to say. And Linda says, uh, thanks both of you. Lovely to hear common sense. Uh, it was lovely to hear common sense from Andrew tonight. Thank you, sir. Um, your vegan life will be back in two weeks' time for episode seven. And as mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you'll be able to listen to tonight's episode very soon on YouTube and on multiple podcast forums. 
Thank you so much for taking time to be with us tonight, Andrew. <laughs> You've perfected it too. Thank you, good man. I trained you well. <laughs> and thank you, everyone. It still doesn't work that well, but anyway. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in. So um, good night, and we'll see you soon.